Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. I am back from my weekend in Mexico, fully relaxed and rejuvenated. I had an excellent weekend with four friends. We went down and had a, got a beach house and drank lots of tequila and beer, but unfortunately, we drank no tea. But back in the chair today and back on the subject of tea and back drinking tea, I might add. I had a wonderful weekend, but producer Terry joins us, and she did not have a weekend nearly as good. I did not. I got very, very sick with a bad cold this weekend, so I was kind of stuck on the couch and really couldn't do much of anything. You wouldn't know this, but Terry will work through pain, and <laughs> for her to be down for the whole weekend and not participating is a big deal. So I'm sure that she was suffering mightily. Had I been here and not in Mexico, I would have made her some rose hips tea. Now, a lot of you know rose hips because they're in vitamin C pills, and that's what we're going to talk about today rose hips and specifically rose hip tea it's got a great history we're going to talk about some of the health benefits we've got a little recipe on how to make rose hips tea perhaps you can use it the next time you might get sick and also we have a question of the week regarding how cheap black tea is it's a wonderful question so we'll get to that a little later when we're talking about rose hips we're talking about roses the wonderful flower that you give out when you're trying to woo someone or trying to get yourself out of a jam perhaps that you have gotten into with a loved one. It has a long illustrious history. It's really quite old. Roses are indigenous to a lot of parts of the globe. Really most of them come from Asia but you can also find some native roses in North Africa, Europe, also in North America. The first recorded notation of roses really comes to us from the Greeks surprisingly it's over 3,000 years old and their legend talks about the color of the rose it gets its beautiful red deep rich color because as they say the goddess Aphrodite got her foot stuck on a thorn while trying to help Adonis and the blood as a result of that wound is what makes that rose such a deep deep red. Ironically, the Turks nearby have a similar legend. They believe that the red rose gets its color from the blood of Muhammad. It's an interesting play that a lot of these legends have sort of this twist. Not only the beauty of the rose, but also the pain from the thorns, and they're intimately tied together. Later on, the Greeks take those roses and they become very, very popular in Rome and amongst the Roman Empire. And then we have a fairly good history with roses here in this country. Now, the native roses were used for a long, long time by the Indians that were already here. But the colonists were also very fond of roses. In fact, our founding fathers have a good history with roses. William Penn, when he returned to the colonies from England in 1699, brought 18 rose bushes with him. Thomas Jefferson and George Washington were incredibly fond of roses. And in fact, John Adams was the first to plant roses near the White House. And today, many of you know that the White House happens to have a very famous rose garden. And now you know where some of that came from. Now, we could spend all day talking about the flowers, but that's not what's really important. Underneath those flowers, you probably have never seen them because you've never peeled back the little layers. 
And a lot of the cultivated varieties don't have this, but the native ones do. If you peel back the layers after the flower is gone, there's a little fruit underneath there. And that fruit is called the rose hip. Now, it happens to be kind of a red to orange color in most cases, but it can be dark purple and black, and it kind of starts in the spring and really ripens in the summer, and that's the time when you can really get after it. While you wouldn't want to eat those rose hips, you can, but they have a pretty strong flavor. A lot of them are actually added into things for their health benefits, which is why I probably would have suggested some for <laughs> Terry because they're very high in vitamin C. We're going to get to some of the health benefits uh, when we come back from our break, but we also are going to talk about some other things. Coming up also after the break, we've got a delicious rose hip tea recipe for you to make at home. And later, a very interesting question from a listener regarding the low cost of black tea. Yes, I'm looking forward to tearing into that. So stay with us. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around. Hello, everyone. This is Nick coming at you from the Maya Tea Company. Although most of my work is limited to assisting the company at the local Tucson farmers markets, the benefits in working in and around the Maya Tea Company are many. When I first started to work here, it dawned on me that they had a huge supply of yerba mate, which just happens to be my favorite stimulating beverage. It felt as though I was right at home. When I used to do a lot of travel and keeping long hours playing in a band and going to college, yerba mate was my beverage of choice. I've been drinking yerba mate for years now and I appreciate that it doesn't make me quite as jittery as coffee. It has a host of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, amino acids, and the list goes on. Working for the Maya Tea Company in the Tucson Farmers Markets requires that you are on your A-game at all times. And for me, yerba mate is the perfect beverage to assist with that. So the next time you're in the market for purchasing some of the finest yerba mate, visit us at mayatea.com. And don't forget to enter the coupon code STEEP to receive 15% off. Thank you so much. We're back here at Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. If you've been listening the last couple of weeks, you know that I was quite sick. In fact, two weeks ago, I was like almost feverish when we recorded the show, and I gave my cold to Terry, but she's feeling better. You're doing better, yes? I am. Thank you. And we are going to lay blame on this cold to Sarah, who brought it into the office <laughs> And everybody got sick. Virtually everybody in the office got sick. From I didn't this know it was Sarah we had to blame until just now. Indeed. Indeed it is. Now, you would think that with all of the teas laying around, I would have made some rosehips tea for everybody or at least said, hey, why don't we do this? But we didn't do it at all. Ironic, isn't it? <laughs> there is irony running on so many levels at our tea company. I cannot even begin to describe it. At any rate, what makes rosehips tea and rosehips so great for a cold? It's really the vitamin C. Now, normally, when you're thinking vitamin C, you're thinking oranges and grapefruit. In fact, rose hips, in their fruit form, contain 20 times the vitamin C that you'll find in most citrus fruits. The problem is, it's probably not a kind of fruit you want to take. It's a little tart. It's not as pleasant as eating an orange or a grapefruit. So, 
people have modified it and put it into foods. You can find rose hips in things like jam and jelly, syrup, marmalade. A little sugar helps mellow out some of the tartness. You can find it in pies and bread, even in wine. But the best way to get a lot of the benefits out of rose hips are actually to put it into hot things. Soup and tea. Aside from having a lot of vitamin C in it, rose hips also have a few other vitamins, A, B, E, and K. It also has a little pectin and organic acids. Now, all of those acids and all that tartness help it along with something else as well. It can actually serve as a mild laxative and a diuretic, as many tart and acidic things will. Now, we don't want to get into the specifics of that because this is a family show, but it can be used in that way. Rose hips powder has also been shown as a very powerful anti-inflammatory. Again, all of that vitamin C, all of those antioxidants really prove that rose hips powder, when consumed, is good in helping patients suffering from knee and hip osteoarthritis. In Denmark, they found that patients who were given this powder actually reported much lower levels of joint stiffness and pain, an improved sense of well-being, probably from the lesser pain, I suspect, and they were able to even lower the amount of pain medication they took. That's a pretty significant find. So good for cold, good for osteoarthritis. If you are going to be suffering from a cold and want to make rose hips tea to benefit, we probably should have a few weeks ago, we're going to give you the recipe. It's pretty easy. You want to start with some dry rose hips. You'll need about a third of a cup. Now, when you make this tea, it's going to be tart. So you're going to want to add a few things to it. Actually, just one thing, really. Mint. Mint really mellows it out. So a third of a cup of dried rose hips and then about a tablespoon of mint. You want to put that into a large saucepan with a quart of water over medium heat and bring it to a boil. Let it go ahead and boil for 15 minutes. One of the things you'll notice about the rose hips is that they're a little crunchy. They're tough, and they're not like soft and pliable. So you need to really boil it to get all of the benefits out of it. Don't be afraid. The mint will help mellow it out, I promise. If you want to get even more benefit out of the rose hips, you can even, at the end of the 15 minutes, mash them down with a little fork. Squeeze all the goodness out of there, and you're going to get that benefit too. If it's a little tart, don't be afraid to add a tablespoon of sugar or honey to mellow it out to make it more palatable. But drinking it hot especially will be helpful when you have a little cold, especially in the first sign of it. It can make a big difference. I know I wish we had done so. Alas, we will not worry about the past. <laughs> Coming up, though, in our future, we're going to address the question of the week. We're going to talk about how cheap black tea is, and I can't wait to get into it. So stay with us. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around. Hi, this is Sarah with the Maya Tea Company. If you've been steeping around with Manish Shah, you've likely heard me on random radio commercials. Although I'm sure I could have had you fooled, no, I'm not a professional radio presence. 
Actually, I work alongside your host, Manish, during the Monday to Friday 9 to 5, pushing paper and paying bills. And like most of us 9 to 5ers, I require a daily dose of caffeine. Luckily for me, working in the tea business, there's no shortage of caffeinated teas to choose from. But I generally stick to my two favorites, Yerba Mate and Puer Tea. Yerba Mate is strong and grassy, while Puer is earthy and robust. When it comes to flavor, these teas couldn't be any more different. But I can depend on both of these to keep me on the edge of my seat, which is really a necessity when you work with a guy like Manish. You can find these wonderful teas, Yerba Mate and Puer, on our website available for sale, but that's not all. Check out the blog section of MayaTea.com for a blog written specifically on each of them by yours truly. You'll find a variety of other blogs there as well. That's right, Maya Tea Company isn't just about selling great tea, it's all about education and community. So if you like what you've heard on Steeping Around, you're sure to love what you're going to find on MayaTea.com. And if you type the word steep into the coupon code, you can save 15%. Cheers! Welcome back to Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. All of you know that I love getting email from you, and we've had quite a bit of it in the last few days. If you would like to send me a tea-related question or a question about this show, you can do so at our email address. That email address is steep at mayatea.com. That's S-T-E-E-P at mayatea.com. Or you can also... Fan us on Facebook. We have Facebook sites for both, Steeping Around, as well as the Maya Tea Company. Also, please visit our website at www.mayatea.com. That's M-A-Y-A-T-E-A.com. Now, Producer Terry happens to have a little beef with some of you who have sent in email recently. Well, it's only because nobody includes their mailing address. You guys, we love getting your email. We live for it. So if you guys just want to include your mailing address, we'll send you your favorite kind of tea absolutely free. So yes. please remember to include your mailing address. Yes, I have done so on a couple of occasions, and I really appreciate when they include the mailing address. Of course, if you don't want to receive tea, I guess that's okay too. But no obligation. We don't, we don't do anything to it. We just send you great tea if you want it. This week's question is an excellent one. This comes from Stan, and his email is entitled, Lots of Teas. Red, white, green, and black. There's so much to learn. Thanks for your great presentation. I wonder, though, why is black tea so damn cheap? At Long's or Walmart, you can get a box of 100 bags of black tea for $2.99. If one considers the planting, watering, harvesting, drying, packaging, and shipping, how could you possibly make any money selling 100 bags for $2.99? I'm just saying, Stan, great email. And Stan is right to a certain degree. And I thought this is a great time to kind of peer into what really happens in the tea world. When you go to the grocery store and you see those tea bags, what are you getting? Now, you may have heard about my diatribe on tea bags and my preference for a loose leaf tea, but let's actually go into what is in those tea bags that you're getting at the store. Generally speaking, that's the lowest grades of tea that are available. They're also from really cheap producing countries. Countries like Brazil, Argentina, some out of Africa, and the average price on those teas is really quite low. 
For example, if you were to buy whole leaf tea in India and China, we're talking about in chest or in multi-chest form and in pallets, you would pay mm, anywhere from two to three to five, seven dollars or more per pound. It can get kind of expensive. The price for those fannings, for that dust coming out of some of these high producing, low cost countries can be anywhere like 50 cents a pound. It's pretty low. Now, what goes into a box of 100 tea bags? Well, each tea bag is two grams. It's only two grams of tea. So how much tea is in 100? 200 grams. It's only about half a pound of tea in there. It's not very much at all. So your 100 cups, if you think about it, how much tea is actually in there? Well, let's say, it, let's say they're paying a, a higher price. Let's say that you're a big producer and you pay like 65 to 70 cents a pound for that tea. Well, that works out to be 30 cents worth of tea in that whole box. 30 cents. Everything else is packaging and planting and water and all of that other stuff that we talked about, all of the packing. So now, 30 cents plus all of your packaging. Of course, there is the markups and people have the distributors take it and so forth. So you can see why that package becomes two ninety nine. Are they making a lot of money? Not amazingly so, but they are and they're making it on volume. So that's how you know. You can imagine what the machinery is and what those people are being paid for that tea to be sold at those prices. Now let's contrast that and I'm gonna do a little selling job on my own types of tea. Well I'm at least calling it out so it's overt. What about what we do? Black tea, English breakfast, a great blend that we make. What does it cost you if you wanted to get it from us? It would cost you $30 a pound. That includes the shipping to your door, but it's loose leaf tea. $30 a pound, you're like, that's 10 times more. Actually, it's not, because that is going to make 200 cups of loose leaf tea, and there's no packaging. So what does it boil down to per cup? Well, if you buy it from your store, it's $0.03 cents a cup. If you buy it loose leaf, it's $0.15. Cents. Is it five times more? You bet. But taste what $0.12 cents can buy you and we would love to show you the difference. It's for real. Stan, if you had sent me your mailing address, you would be savoring that English breakfast right now. And if you will do that, I will definitely send it to you. Great question of the week, and we are gonna continue on this crusade to get everybody to try loose leaf tea. Next week, we are going to take a little break from herbals we are going to actually delve into some of the email that has been sent to us. They've got questions about the show. They've got questions about me. They've got questions about tea. So we're going to jump into several of the emails and do an entire show based upon your feedback. After that, though, we jump into a series of five green herbals, mint, yerba mate, and fenugreek. And uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So You'll want to listen in the upcoming weeks. I want to thank you for listening to the show this week. Thank you, Terry, for joining us as always. Thank you. And remember, it is always so much fun when you're steeping around. Have a great week. 